What up, people? You already know what it is. Birds of the feathers. A little late on the clock, but things happen, but we still here. Let's talk about it. Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Oh shit! Yo, ladies and gentlemen, this is Birds of a Feather coming at you again on a radio brought to you by fan up it's the best way to enjoy fantasy sports daily nfl contests and more win great prizes sign up today use the promo code a2d for five thousand bonus points which is a fifty dollar value we are live on facebook twitter youtube instagram you are coming at us on apple Podcasts or wherever you download download your podcast we appreciate you listening. Make sure you rate and review. Thank you so much. Got your boy Chucks here and your boy Pete. What's good? Wow. How are you? What it do, man? Not much. So we do apologize for the delay. Um, we had some uh, family emergency. My son had a little rash, um, rash flare up with his eczema uh, after the shower. So we had to take him to the doctors real quick. Um, but everything's good. Little man is okay. He is. Hopefully, getting some sleep now. <laughs> so that's what I hope. I don't know. I, you never know with this kid in this sleeping pattern. But we appreciate you guys staying patient. Thank you. We are coming at you again, as always. So even though we are late, we're still going to come at you with everything we have planned. We've got a, an action-packed show, as always. We have a lot to talk about. I always have a lot to talk about. But today, in general, because we are living high off of that victory over the Jets. We're going to recap that victory. And first we're going to talk about what else? The QB controversy in Philly, Hurts or Minshew. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about the other stuff from that game. I'll give our feedback, uh, standout performances, any concerns, and just and overall thoughts as usual. And then in the third quarter, the second half of the show, we are going to go around the NFL, around the league, Talk about the other games. Talk about news, latest news and reports. Fourth quarter, we're going to give our very early predictions of the Washington football team. Um, A game coming up in in not this week, but the following. We want to do that because this week is actually the last time you're going to see me and Pete on Birds of a Father together for, for 2021. Because... Next week, Mr. Evans, you're going to go see Spider-Man. Yep. And the following week is the Mrs. Birthday for me. So, okay. so, so we're going to – this is our last show together for 2021. Well, we so, have a 30th, the last the last Thursday in the year, don't we? Are we going to do that? I thought uh, – maybe we still do that. Okay, so maybe, maybe – Potentially maybe it could be the last time we're together. Potentially, potentially. We'll see how it goes. But we are here – 
and we want to start off with Kurtz versus Minshew in the first quarter. But let's get to our poll question first. Fam in the chat already fired up, boy. Oh, I, I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> the poll question sponsors all campus, home of the A2D rant booth. They are giving 20% off everything in their store, including hats, shirts, and team cornhole sets to all their subscribers. And our poll question, if Jalen Hurts plays poorly against the Washington football team in week 15, then he should be benched for Gardner Minshew. Agree or disagree? Oh, man. Oh, boy. Our first quarter sponsor as well is Alan Foya Expert. At EXP Realty, I'm sorry, if you're looking to buy or sell a home, looking for a change in career brokerage, contact Alan Foy at EXP Realty LLC, 302-682-8820. And our first comment of the day, of the evening, of the show, Brickman again. Brickman, first comment sponsor. Get 20% 20 off. Free shipping with the code A2D at manscaped.com. Make sure you unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Brinkman says Minshew should play. All right, Pete. So I know a lot of shows have been talking about this. We're going to give our own two cents, but this is how we're going to frame the question. Because Nick Sirianni already said Jalen Hurts is the starter for the Washington game. Now, if he plays poorly, do you bench him? Agree or disagree to the poll? So, it depends on this weekend. If we're looking at it at face value, there's no way that you can steer clear of a, a QB controversy, no matter what, especially if he plays bad in the first half. The thing going into next week's game on the 19th, when they, when they, when they, uh, tee, when they tee it up against the Washington football team, if Washington beats Dallas Sunday, that game essentially is for Washington being in the first place. Realistically, if we beat we, we take care of the Giants the week before, this game against Washington on the 19th really could be for first place. If Dallas, if Washington beats Dallas and they're rolling in, everybody's seven and six. You feel what I'm saying? One game behind Dallas at eight. I think Dallas has eight wins, eight and four, or some shit like that. Okay. So I believe, yeah, I agree. This is my thing. I'm going to kind of go off on a tangent here. All y'all fuckers that are saying Hurts, Hurts, Hurts. Hurts has had the easiest path to be the franchise QB for the Eagles in the last 10 years. This dude has done absolutely nothing, nothing except for being in the right place at the right fucking time to be the QB for the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know why people out there can see that. Like, like people are treating Jalen Hurts like we owe him something. We don't owe him shit. The Eagles don't owe him shit. Carson wanted out of here, regardless of Doug was here or not, because Howie was still here. He was the QB one by default throughout the whole offseason. I would love to have seen Minshew versus Hurts, Minshew versus Hurts, the whole QB competition, a true QB competition throughout the whole offseason and see if he would have won the job. If he would have did that, I'm cool. I'm good with that. But this un, this, this unrivaled, bias towards Jalen Hurts, where did it come from? Where did it come from? Where did it go? Y'all fucking uncle was cotton on Joe. That's that, that's the type of shit I'm feeling right now. Because I could even see it in the chat. Like, start Hurts, it was the Jets, it was the Jets. Listen, Jalen Hurts 
couldn't put up more than seven points against the Giants, who have a better defense, better defense than the Jets. But at the same time, the Jets' offense is fucking better than the Giants' offense, and we only gave up 18. And the week before, the Eagles' defense gave up 13, and we still couldn't. Get, people forget we want to blame it on Rager. We want to. We don't want to say anything about the Boston Scott fumble. Jalen Hurts gave up six points in the, in the red zone against the Giants. Nobody talks about that. We always. If if Rager never drops those two passes and the, and, the, and the fucking Giants have an actual offense and can get the first down and run out the clock after Boston Scott's fumble, they wouldn't be talking about Boston, Boston Scott's fumble. They wouldn't be talking about Jalen Hurts' uh, interceptions, right or wrong. We know it's what was the last play. All I'm sitting here saying is this: Jalen Hurts is a QB. Jalen Hurts is a QB. It's almost like I feel like we got Carson again because I feel like they have to coddle to this dude and his ego. That's all I'm saying. Like I don't get it. He does. We don't. He doesn't owe him anything. We the Eagles don't owe him shit. The fans don't owe him nothing. I'm not sitting here saying Gardner's a guy. If you ask me, if you ask me, literally, we have two guys. We have two guys. Neither of them, I don't think, is a franchise QB. They have to prove it to me. Minshew is on the same thing, but I this people acting like Hurts is just the best thing since sliced bread, bro. I can't. I can't do it. And I'm not sitting here saying Gardner's the best thing since sliced bread either. I'm saying, listen, give Jalen the start, give Jalen Hurts the start against Washington football team in week week 14, whatever it is, week 15. Then go from there. Go from there. But this is the thing, like you said, especially, especially if Washington beats Dallas Sunday. If Washington beats Dallas Sunday, you have all the heat's on Jalen. And I want to, I'm gonna remind people, even J, J. McP McKerney, JP McKerney, listen. When he had heat in the fucking kitchen in Alabama, what did he do? He exit stage left. He that bitch went. He that bitch went west coast to Oklahoma. But I don't understand why people listen. The mental makeup of this kid. We want to praise him as a leader. Now is really the mental makeup because guess what? He now knows what it looks like in the offense without him. He knows the Eagles can win without him being the starting quarterback. I want to see how this kid handles his pressure. That's why I want to see him start against Washington. That's why I want to see him how, how he starts against Washington because there's not going to be more pressure than what he's going to face on December 19th. Uh, do they play at the link or are they playing in, in FedEx Field? Link, I, I believe. Link. So in the link, on December 19th, the atmosphere is going to be crazy. It's the atmosphere that's going to be crazy. So. It is. It's going to be, especially you know, after that, it's going to be crazy. Uh, I I like and I appreciate the fact that you you agree to the poll, um, and you you believe he should be benched for for Minshew because I'm going to disagree. Okay. Now now hear my whole argument though, because I've been going back and forth with this, and it's it's a tough scenario. And Time I, out. real quick, real quick, Taylor Bowers. Taylor Brown says West Coast to Oklahoma. He sat on an entire year behind Tua and transferred to a grad student place. Exactly. He transferred to play. He knew he wasn't going to get fucking burned at, at Alabama no more. His shit was over with. If, if Nick Saban doesn't pull him in that first, in the halftime against Georgia in the championship game, Nick Saban doesn't win another national championship. He doesn't link up with Devontae Smith in his rookie year. So listen, Taylor. If you want to suck Jalen's dick, go ahead and suck his dick. <laughs> I, I, I'm just going. I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of pulling punches, bro. I'm really tired of pulling punches because I don't get no, it. What you see no. this dude? Like, like Brickman said, I, I've seen enough of Jalen Hurts. I've seen enough to know that he's not it. Yeah. But like, like the dial has said this week, Jalen Hurts' upside may be better. 
But listen, the, the damage is already done. The damage is done. If you're agreeing to the poll, if you're disagreeing to the poll, I think I may know where you're going. And this give this dude enough rope to fucking fall on his face to fall to really see what it is. So, to really see what it is. You feel what I'm saying? I had to get that out. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? A lot of the stuff, here's the thing. I'm going to disagree to the poll, but a lot of the stuff that you said, I absolutely agree with. I absolutely agree with. Here's why I disagree. I I have been consistent with my stance on Hertz since last year. I And I've said over and over this past offseason, he deserves at least the year to, to show what he has. So I'm going to stay consistent. I am going to stay consistent and say, give him the year. Okay. He's hurt and his backup played well. Let's see how he responds. So if he's healthy enough to play, play him and ride him out the rest of the year, because that's always been my stance. I think he should get the year. That being said, if he plays poorly in any of these games, not even just a Washington game, if he plays poorly, inconsistent, and doesn't show doesn't show any of the stuff like if that Denver game those those, those flashes of bro, of brilliance don't pop up again and at right. any point the rest of the year, you best be damned. That there should be a QB competition, a legit one, between him and Minshew next season. If Minshew stays, I would assume Minshew stays, but maybe he doesn't. I think Minshew's on the contract again. Yeah. So there better be, and that's assuming we don't draft a QB, and that's assuming we don't trade for Russell Wilson or get any other veteran. So I do believe mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts deserves the year. So I would not bench him if he plays poorly. Because we have to, we have to just not so much that we have to figure it out. It's more so that, like, there has to be nothing else to to fall on, like what you said, like right, like you, you no... give him enough rope and he hangs. Yeah, and, and, I mean, I hate to use that that analogy, yeah. but you give so, you give him an inch, he takes a mile. Yeah, exactly. So if if he doesn't do well the rest of the remaining games, and we have these two again next off season. Oh, there better be a QB competition, and you, the the team better have it legit be an open competition because I really do want to see who would in this offense who would be better. And I am not saying just like you and just like a million other Eagles fans out there, I am not saying Gardner Minshew is the franchise QB. He's not. He is most likely a journeyman backup QB in this league who. Will, will have a long career as a backup because he's he's good in that type of role. But if we're if we're gonna build around if we're gonna try to build the team around the quarterback first and mm-hmm. then look for a quarterback later on, and so it's either Hurts or Minshew next year. Mm-hmm. You you've got to consider this. This offense they mm-hmm. want to focus on fixing the passing game. Mm-hmm. Nick Sirianni, what did he say? Was a week or two ago. He is he is very focused on fixing the passing game and content and, and he wants that to be the offense. Like he's consider his background, wide mm-hmm. receivers coach. He wants to be able to have a really good passing game. It's no news. It's nothing, it's no news that the Eagles ownership, Jeffrey Laurie, mm-hmm. they want 
a team that is built on the pass. If you try to go forward with Hurts, it's always going to be a little bit of a struggle, I believe, trying to get him. It's a little bit of trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. Like Jalen Hurts, I, I want him to develop and be yeah. a really good passer. I really, really do. Right. It's the but we've said right it, we've now, said it since week one. Yeah. But for, right pay, now, like, he, like PSA people, we want Hurts to be the answer because it's the easiest thing exactly, long term exactly. and the fastest way to build another exactly. Super Bowl contender. But, but he's he's he hasn't shown the consistency yet. And right. when it comes to comparing the two of them, again, I make this very clear. <laughs> Both of them aren't aren't. Most likely, if you're, if you're going to make us decide right now, but they're neither of them are the franchise QBs. Not even for just this team, probably for any team. Right. Any team, okay. For well, I mean, I think Gardner still would have been a. That's the one. I think Gardner still would have been a starter if Jackson would had number one overall pick. A starter. When I say franchise QB, I mean like, yeah. a, like a great or elite QB. A team that for you to believe. Yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So none, neither of them are like franchise level QBs. Right. But if you're going to have to go with one of them. Jalen Hurts is the better runner. Gardner Minshew is the better passer. Not by, I mean, he not can read defense. He, he can read his arm is not that much better than no, Jalen. I think he, he, a, he can just a, trust a little bit more, and, and, he can, and he can read it a little bit more. Exactly. And here's so the Eagles, the coach's phone came out today finally, <laughs> and I looked over the passing plays from the game. All mm-hmm. right, and this is what I came out came away with looking at the film. For Gardner Minshew, I thought that um, the the offense in terms of play design was pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Like the play designs, play calls, they were the same concepts that we've run the past few weeks. So the offense did not change, and right. you can't really expect it to change. I mean, if you're going for this week, if they were unsure if Hertz was going to play, and they had, you know, Minshew. Getting first, um, first team reps, you can't really change the offense, you got to go with you know what right, you've been right. rolling with. Um, so the, the offense didn't really change. Minshew he made accurate passes, but his ball placement wasn't great, and this is where we have to distinguish between the two. And I've said this before so, so many times. Let's let me say it again there's a difference between accuracy and ball placement. Accuracy is throwing a catchable ball for your receiver. That's what accuracy is. Ball placement is putting the ball in an ideal spot for your receiver, depending on the route. So that's the difference between the two. So he threw accurate passes because they were all catchable. They were in the the receiver, and and they were were catchable balls. And he gets credit for that. Was the ball placement good? No, it wasn't good at all. It's numerous throws, horrible ball placement. All right? So, also, I, I'm not sure if it's just me, but Minshew's pocket presence can be a little spotty and antsy at times. I, I did see one or two plays where he left the pocket prematurely, but it wasn't – the thing is, comparing that to Hurts, it wasn't a consistent issue throughout the whole game like it is with Hurts. With Hurts, you see it several times. With Minshew, I saw it once or twice. So, that's a difference. Um, and the, the main thing I did like from Minshew, though, and this is why – I have a feeling the that he could have a chance to win a QB battle between him and Hertz is because his decision making and his processing. Like 
for the most part, I felt like he made good choices and saw the field well. Like right. there weren't many open, wide open receivers that I thought that he missed. He didn't put the ball in harm's way with questionable throws. He took the simple checkdowns when he needed to, when you know, when receivers weren't open downfield. Now, again, this is just off of this game. I know before in Jacksonville, Minshew has a reputation of being like an aggressive gunslinger. So he's going to he'll take his shots and he'll he'll throw picks. So I know that's his rep, but I'm just going off of what we saw in this game. So overall, I, I do feel Minshew deserves a ton of credit for managing the game. He executed the offense the way it's supposed to, and he made sure he didn't lose the game, which is what your backup QB is supposed to do. So I think he deserves credit for that. He absolutely deserves credit. I I just, when you look at that, if he's able to be a consistent pocket passer, the that consistency, being able to see the field and run the offense the way it's supposed to be run, mm-hmm. that gives him an advantage over Jalen Hurts. And that's why I think if you were put put them in a QB competition where each has a fair shot to win the job, I do think Minshew would. But, again, I just, for this season, I do believe that Hurts at least deserves – the rest of the year to, to play it out and to, to show what he's got. See, I even have a hard time using that word deserve for Jalen. And this is the reason why. Go back, bird's eye view. What out of the other 32 to 31 teams in the league, who had an easier path to being a first-year full starter without any QB competition? Even in the signing of Joe Flacco, there wasn't any true competition. The Eagles set it up like that. And this is a microcosm of a lot of things of how we got here today on December 9th. We said it in week two, week three, week four, week five, week six, when the Cowboys were on a six-game winning streak, right? We said, please, Dallas, run away with the division. Run away with the division, okay? Because we knew we can get into this spot right now and why this is so ta- heavily touted right now is because of the fact of Somehow, some way, these bitches still got a chance to make the playoffs. And that's where you're coming into this thing now, where it's really, it's really, really money time. And I even, based on what Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie did, the cat, the cat position they were in, who was available as a free agent, what they had just went through with Carson, Jalen Hurts, like I said, I really want y'all to, he was in the right place at the right time. I don't know. And that's nothing knocking that kid at all. It was just the right place, the right time. Like I said, the Eagles didn't have any financial flexibility. There was really nobody in the open market. They wasn't. There wasn't really a quarterback that they could really go after in the first round or where they were picking at. Maybe if they stayed at six, maybe. Maybe they took a flyer on Justin Fields. Any other year, if Carson got hurt, Carson's contract expired, they didn't want to re-sign him, there was no way in the world on a national perspective and from the fans' perspective, that they could have drafted Justin Fields in the first round. This year, this year, based on what had happened the previous season before. So that's why I want, and this is, once again, this is not to knock Jalen, but when I say Jalen was in the right place at the right time and he needs to make the best of his opportunity, that's where he's at. Because any other one of the other 31 teams in the league, he's not winning a QB competition. 
He may not win it against – if it's a true QB competition, he may not win it against Minshew if it was really a, a truly unbiased, fair competition. And once and that just is what it is. And like I said, it goes into the signing of Joe Flacco. They knew Joe Flacco coming off the neck surgery hasn't been right. He, Everybody knew he didn't have a legit chance to start, a legit chance to start. We knew that the team set it up for Jalen to have all 17 games. And then Howie said, that, well, well, fuck this. I got this six-round extra pick out here. Jacksonville, uh, Gardner Minshew for a six? Yeah, let's do it. And then, boom, here we are. Here we are because we said I remember I remember we had I remember we had a poll question I want to say probably about seven or eight weeks ago about the over under how many games Minshew would start and I said I don't I, I said it then at this time I don't think ever, I don't think Jalen ever would have got benched based off of his his play if it's just this just that bad but if he maybe if he got hurt and now you see he got hurt you saw one game it regardless if it's the Jets or not. You seen you seen Sirianni design plays and the ball went there. It was there, and you watch film every week of the team. How many times have these plays been out there? Yeah, wide receivers have been open. Yeah, and the ball is not going where Sirianni wants it to go. Exactly, exactly. And that's and and that's what coaches can see too. So yeah. regardless of uh, regardless of Jalen's health, I definitely think he's going to get the Week 15 start and. That could be it. That, that could be it. If that first half, if they're in the game or if it's so clearly evident that they're not being successful as they were, like like the Giants game, because yeah. in that first half, that first half, it was clearly evident of who was holding back the offense. Yeah. Clearly evident in that first half against the yeah. Giants. If yeah. you see that same thing against week 15 against Washington – now they now the fans have seen it. Now the coaches have seen it. They have some faith in Minshew to maybe make a decision to pull him. That's it's very I mean. it's and this is where, like, even though I disagree and would still give Hurts the rest of the year, it's not even a hard stance for me. Like, it's not I again it, it in two weeks, I could be singing a different tune. <laughs> I could be like, all right, Hertz is playing so bad, I, I we need to see Minshew. So my stance is even hard. It's it's not. I could change my mind because it's it's that it, it's that bad sometimes yeah. with Jalen. And right. here's the thing. Here's what Jake says. Jake Friel, a fan Fridays. He says Jake Glazer said Hurts has a grade one high ankle sprain, which takes two to four weeks to heal. By the time the Washington game rolls around, it'll be three weeks. So in my opinion, it leaves the door open for Minshew to start after the bye. Now you come you compound that with. I think Jason Avon had said something um, about they were looking for an opportunity to see what Minshew could do. And <laughs> now that they do know what they could do, Avon believes Minshew, they want Minshew to be the guy for, for this offense. Again, not that he's the franchise guy, just for the guy right now, the stop the stopgap guy. Yeah, And it, it all falls into my... I can see that, but I still think they are going to give the starting job to Hurts if he's healthy. But I do think that, again, because of the way they want to run the offense, they need a distributor. They need someone to run the offense, the passing game, the way they want it to. Right. They don't want – how long did it take 
Sirianni to change the offense this season to make it more of a run-based offense. He didn't he was, start he was handicapped. Year. Like, and this whole Dak to Hurts comparison, Dak's for rookie year in 2016. Listen, the offensive line was a beast, and people forget they draft Dak wasn't their first round pick. It was Zeke. Yeah. So you had two fucking you had a, a a beast offensive line, the best in the league, a decent defense, and you had the best running back in the league, rookie running back in the league that year. Everything just kind of it's not one singular thing. And this like I, I see to the guys that saying you give them the year and you let them start. Listen, I think that was the plan. I I'll be honest here and say it. I think Sirianni has proved them wrong and how he coached. I honestly think that Jeffrey Lurie, Harry Roseman did not think by week 15, them bitches will have six wins and they have an outside shot to make the playoffs. That's, <laughs> that's, I'm being honest. That's what's fucking everything up because you kept hearing, let's give them a the year, give them a the year because they didn't think they would be competitive this year. They didn't think they had a chance at the seventh, at, at the seventh seed. Nobody thought that, but I can't remember the last time I seen a league, a league year where everybody's the, 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 the hypocrisy. And in the mediocrity, one team, one week you crown a team, the next week the team loses to a team that has two wins. You see what I'm saying? Like every week, there's there's one team that is in and it's out. I've never seen the teams juggle who's in the hunt, who's out of the hunt at so many different spots. Maybe the last seed, but we're talking like every time the loss happens now. Like, look, Buffalo went from being the second seed now down to the fourth seed in the AFC. And you got the same one because it's everybody is so conjoined together. I don't think outside of Carolina, outside of Arizona, that's the only team in the league that has multi, uh, double digit wins. The next closest is New England with nine. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, and I think Kansas City now has nine too, if I'm not mistaken. I think they're, nine, they're yeah, I think it's really cool. nine or four, eight or four. Yeah. So and, I mean, it, it, it this it just shows that man. Yeah, and Ted makes a good point. Minshew's arm is weaker, which it could be. It could be a weaker arm, but his mind is ten times better than Hurts as a passer, and that is I. That's I. I don't know if I take ten times better, but it is it's better, substantially better than than Hurts when it comes to being a pocket passer. And sometimes that's that's the difference. Like you don't have to have the arm talent, but if you can see the field and anticipate, sometimes that's that's okay enough. And yeah. Red Sand. Here makes a good point, which will lead us into our second quarter, which you will bring us to. But I do want to touch on his comment. If we can run like we have with the QB that can distribute the rock, be accurate, it makes the offense so much more, more dynamic. That's a good point because with Hurts, you don't know what you're going to get as a passer. Sometimes we've seen – overall, this season we've seen below average pocket play as a passer mm-hmm. from Hurts. We've seen flashes of really good pocket play, but overall I'd say it's been below below average to average. And it's not consistent. But the one advantage he always had was he makes the running game better. And the, right. the running game is the strength of the Eagles. That's absolutely true. He makes the running game even better than what it is. But would you rather have that? A dot like a, a, a really, really, really dominant run game with a mediocre, below-average passing game, or would you have a really good running game 
and a solid passing game. I think the offense is more balanced with Minshew from what I saw against yeah. the Jets. Because let's listen, through all this bullshit, and, this, and we're about to get into the second quarter now, but throughout all this, the, the matter of fact, we'll lead into it right now. And before I get into to who brings you who brings us the second quarter tonight, it's funny that Jay Glazer has that report because guess where that report probably came from? The team. The team. He's a team. team. He's a team reporter. Yes. Yes. So tonight's second quarter is brought to you by Body Check Wellness. It's a line of products that promote wellness, balance, and recovery by using the full potential of hemp. They come in extracts, blends, gummies, and topicals. Use promo code A2D for 25% off your order at bodycheckwellness.com. So, brings us in that second quarter. We're going to talk a little Eagles Jets recap. All this talk about Minshew, all this talk about Jalen Hurts for the first half an hour plus. The running game you spoke of. You said we had a dominant run game with Jalen Hurts. It was pretty much damn near unstoppable. Okay. It took a little longer Sunday, but shout out to the man that's on your shirt. Shout out to the man that's on your shirt. I think he had what 20 carries for 120, 125? 24 carries for 120 yards. So that just goes right into your point. The balanced offense, like, listen, our fucking O-line is good, and it's not even the best five that we got. It's not even the best five that we got. And the O-line still was to create holes for miles to run. And sometimes, listen, the bitch didn't hit the hole that I needed him to hit. He still ended up with over 100 yards. Gained well, made a resurgence. For whatever reason, he was back. He was useful. I understand it's the Jets. I need Alvin Kamara to go for like 25 points this week in fantasy to secure me a playoff spot in one of my fantasy leagues. (laughs) The playoffs start next week. But as they are playing the Jets this week, the Saints and the Jets. But it just goes to show that the the actual run design in the offensive line is just not a microcosm. I will say with Jalen Hurts, however, the ability to have a QB that can run like that, yeah, that's something that you can't play plan for. But also, also at the same time, you've seen it. You watch the coach's film. There's sometimes that he escapes the pocket and he takes off, and there's a play to be made. Yep. I mean, and with yep. Minshew. You yep. saw he was still able to get some runs. I think he still had like maybe 25, 30 yards on the ground. Still able to run for some first downs, but it was a play. I'll speak about the play to Quez Watkins. I think it was like third and 19 or third and 16. He scrambled. He His, his pocket was somewhat unclean. He scrambled up, but then he hit Watkins. So you see that, and that's what kind of goes into that thing where we talk about what the offense that we saw against the Jets. And that, even though it is the Jets, Rob Sala is, and he's very animated, He's starting to build some things. It is a foundation. It was this. It was a. It was a much deserved win. Would now remind you, it was touch and go there for a minute because which the Jets scored in their first three possessions. And this, thank God they got a field goal kicker that can't kick field goals. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's 18. It was eight every time. The first six or seven possessions was touchdowns. It was points on the board. Yep. So I'm like, why are we in the shootout with the Jets? And then obviously Jonathan Gannon made some adjustments. Made Zach Wilson think about it a little bit longer where he wanted to go with the ball. Special teams got. Special teams buckled down a little bit, but it was just the consistency of the offense to where we were able to score. And I think I'm trying to think maybe any at any point through the first 12 games of the season outside of what we just played against the Jets, did we score touchdowns on that many consecutive drives? To where we put up, we were able to like if we put up 21, and these weren't like those first three drives, yeah, the Goddard, the two Goddard touchdowns, they those are big plays, somewhat big plays. I say intermediate plays, like 25 to 35 yards, but it wasn't like we were hitting plays 40, 50 yards down the field. These were co- constructed drives, orchestrated drives down the field to where everything was clicking and the execution was there. 
We didn't get any type of illegal man downfield. The clean, the penalties have been cleaned up very, very well. It was just an overall team win to where I think the team itself is like, okay, that's a confidence booster. That's the type of win you want to have going into a bye week. So everybody that, that hasn't played that may be a little banged up, a little nicked up, can get healthy. But it's something good foundation to build on. But you still have some constructive criticism there because there's no fucking way they should have gave up 18 points to the Jets. And, and three straight touchdown drives. No way. So Jonathan Gannon definitely has something to build on. So it was a good overall team move. But my biggest, my biggest takeaway is we sit here, we come out of that game talking about the QB position for one. But Miles, I mean, I'm hoping I'm I'm more concerned with Miles' ankle right now than Hurts' ankle. Yeah. Unless how I, I don't know what the timetable is for Jordan Howard to come back because there's one thing I can tell you. Maybe we can win a game with either quarterback, right? But bitch, we need that running game. You need that running game. You yeah. need to be able to run the ball the way that we've been running the rock for the last six or seven weeks to have your best chance of winning the game, regardless of who's the QB. You see what I'm saying? So that was those were my takeaways from the game. Yeah, I Miles Sanders, man, he, mm-hmm. he put on a show. Before I I I had something to get off my chest when it comes to Miles, but before I get to that, um, I the the defense, I don't know what they were doing <laughs> against the Jets uh, to begin the half. And, and give credit to the Jets, to, to Zach Wilson. He did – he looked pretty good to begin the game. So um, credit to him. And credit again to Dallas Goddard. He put up – I forget what he, he put up exactly. Yeah, like I think it was 5, 105, and two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. I mean, you if your offense – the way I see it, if the Eagles' offense each week doesn't at least have a great game from either Dallas or or Devontae, or they have or they didn't make a concerted effort to get them involved and make them a focus, then the offense failed. You have to have great performances from one of them in the passing game. For, for this offense to work. They are your two best receivers, best weapons in the passing game. You have to use them. Mm-hmm. And so it's either one of them or both of them, both of them obviously, obviously, ideally, but one of them has to be getting, has to be the focus each week. One of them, at least one of them. So hats off to, to Goddard. Great game. And hopefully he stays healthy because that's been his knock. Um, but yeah, I said a few minutes ago, I definitely have something to get off my chest because it's been bugging me. <laughs> you know it. I text you constantly and I've bit my tongue, but there's been a lot of disrespect the past several weeks toward Miles Sanders. When he was on IR and Howard and Scott were running the running the ball well, so many fans acted like Sanders wasn't as good as them that Howard should have been the starter. It's time these people stop disrespecting Miles Sanders. There are still people out there that think Miles runs east to west too much and that he doesn't run hard up the middle. I don't know how many times I have to say this, but that is absolutely incorrect. Miles Miles has proven since last season that he can run run well between the tackles, and he – he continued to prove it again against the Jets to the tune of 120 rushing yards. But for some reason, whether it's because they stu- they're they stuck on what 
Miles did his rookie year or it's because the O-line was so banged up last season or it's because they have this bias in favor of Jordan Howard. Some fans just don't want to accept the fact that Miles has been a much more disciplined runner between the tackles. Also, when Miles is running to the outside, oftentimes that's because that's the design of the run play. One of the reasons why Sanders gets more run calls to the outside is because he has the burst and the speed to win the edge. So why wouldn't the Eagles want to call more design run plays to the outside? Also, what separates what separates Miles from Jordan Howard and the rest of the running backs on the roster is that he has the ability to create yards when the blocking breaks down. There's no other running back on the roster that can create for themselves at the level that Sanders can. And he showed that numerous times against the Jets. Numerous times. And go watch my film breakdown that I, that I just put out today on ATD's pages and on my YouTube to see what I'm talking about. He constantly created yards for himself when there was nothing there. The other running backs running backs on the roster, they don't have that level of running ability. They just don't. And finally, for all the talk about Miles having horrible hands this offseason – you know how many drops he has this season? Zero. One. A one. One. So, yeah, his hands aren't as big of an issue as so many people made them out to be. So, please, people need to stop disrespecting Miles Sanders. There are a lot of people that remain so quiet whenever Miles shows he can get tough yards up the middle or whenever he breaks off a big run or whenever he shows soft hands and catches pass after pass. Yet when Miles makes one mistake, they scream and yell that he sucks. Do I think he's an elite running back? No. Do I think he's a great running back? No. But he has the potential to be a great running back. But what he's shown to be right now, at least, is a damn good running back. Yeah. He has to you let, do you re-sign him now? I see that's where it's going in the chat where it's like, okay, we hear you, but that's for this year. When he becomes a free agent, do you do you pay him at that point? Well, he's he's still under contract for another year. Okay. So well, but even now, have... even even looking forward, do you see? Can you see? Can you envision a point to where the Eagles view him as more to the second contract because they've been handed out extensions? They've been handing the bitches out yeah. like Oprah. You I get an extension. Think... You get an extension. You get an extension. I I think that when it comes to Miles. Uh, if he is the running back that I believe he is, mm-hmm. I do believe that, you know, as long as he cleans up his fumbles, I mean, he had the two fumbles against New Orleans, but besides that, that's mm-hmm. the only game where he fumbled. So if he doesn't fumble the rest of the year and he stays relatively healthy the rest of this year and next year, I think you give him a second contract, but you do not give him anything that's like crazy, like a crazy amount. Because what I would like to see is I would like to see Miles paired with another running back. You draft another running back in, in rounds in round three, four, something like that. Or if if Gainwell, you know, progresses. And now you have a one-two punch with Miles and Gainwell. I I've said this since last year, Pete. I do not think that Miles is a volume back like Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor. He's not that type of running back. He's not. All right. So I don't I don't believe he should get paid like that type of running back. But I do think he's a good a really good weapon. He's a type of running back that you want 
in a tandem or at least uh, the type of running back you want to get, you know, to lead your committee. You know, the type of running back that gets around 20 total touches a game. So I, I think that he should, unless he drops off, I still would pay him. I would still pay him. So do, you, do you draft like a, do you draft a Kenneth Walker this year? Why would I not want to draft a Kenneth Walker? <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I don't know. Is, is he going to be available for when the Eagles are willing to take him? That's a big question. Well, I, I th- is so. he, I mean, do you think he goes in the first? Do you no, think, I think him he goes is, in the second. Yeah, so he's if he's in the second, if he's in the second, if he's in the second and the for the Eagles pick, you yeah. know I'm going to be pounding the table for it. But I don't think the Eagles are going to because they they still have Miles for another year and they have they have Kenneth Gainwell they took last year. Yeah, but I don't think they see Gainwell as like a multi carry back and and Paul Mancini and, brings up and they don't and there. they don't. But I think that if their intention is to draft another lead back they're gonna wait till the following year to do it so i don't know if you could pass up on walker man i don't know if you could pass up but we wouldn't be in this position who knew because the one who's gonna come the next year you know no i'm just saying like who knows who can come up the next year i know kenneth walker i know kenneth walker is yeah he could be special but we also said the same like Najee harris we we all love Najee harris yeah he's just he's he's just the Steelers, this is probably the worst Steelers team I've seen in my lifetime. Yeah. So that's but the one thing me and Taylor can agree on, and you can agree on, and Taylor says it so well, he says if they just would have drafted Ramondre Stevenson, we, but we wouldn't even be in this fucking position. Yeah. A tandem of Sanders and Stevenson would oh. be like my dream come true. You guys know I love Stevenson. You guys know I love Stevenson. <sighs> There's, and I, I, I'm scrolling through the, I'm trying to catch up on the chat. And yeah, I know there, is, there was one comment where it says um, Jordan Howard brings a low of physicality that Sanders doesn't. Okay, that's great, and that's true. Yeah. But Sanders also brings a level of, of dynamic running ability that Howard doesn't. Like yeah. it was, it's been so annoying seeing like the past few weeks. I, I had one. Guy, there was one guy on Twitter that said, <laughs> "Oh, Jordan Howard is the key to the Eagles' offense." Yeah. The key to the Eagles' offense? Are you kidding me? Why? Because he can run straight forward up the middle and lower his shoulder, and he's he's big and powerful. That makes him the key to the Eagles' offense. Like what? I don't know what it is about this fan base that they overrate running backs. Like I remember Corey Clement to people was the next superstar running back after the Super Bowl, and then now it's Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard is this is this great superstar running back. I Jordan Howard is a solid back, and I like having him on this team. I like having him with Sanders. But can we please stop overhyping Jordan Howard? It's it's getting ridiculous. Don Don asked, "What about?" I think he's talking about Brian Johnson. Um. Uh. But I mean, if if in 2017 with me sitting at the draft and the Eagles on the clock somewhat, and then knowing that they wanted Dalvin Cook and the Vikings, and I'm watching him have like 10 carries for almost 100 yards right now against the Steelers. Um. Jake Frill King James says Gainwell's faster, runs better routes, better hands than Miles. That's routes. We're not talking about running routes. Better routes than Miles. He's a better receiver. We're talking about running the ball. He is not faster than Miles Sanders. Like, stop it. He is not faster than Miles. One of the biggest knocks and concerns when it came to Gainwell was his lack of long feet. Gainwell is quick and he's a good receiver. 
He's very quick. He's very elusive, and he's a really good receiver. That's why I loved him. But stop. He is not faster than Miles Sanders. Yeah. Miles he Sanders may, he may look faster because he's smaller, but in a straight straight line. Like, just, just to go back to, to before we get into the third quarter, to talk about the game, how many runs did we see where Miles – he it had to be three or four where he was – if it wasn't for that shoestring tackle, old boy was gone. And he looked good. That was, I would say, that's the best game he looked and the most explosive that he looked. So it was definitely a shame at that fourth quarter where he went that down was, when he got rolled up on again. Yeah, that was his game against the Jets, was arguably one of the best games I've ever seen him play as a pro. But that, just, you know, not, maybe not from stats wise, but just him seeing the vision, his explosives, how quick well, he was getting to the hole. I'm, I'm telling you, go, I'm telling you, everyone, go watch my film breakdown so you can see the details that I, that I touch on. I am telling you the little nuances that he does to pick up tough yards. Like some of these runs of two yards, two yards, three yards on the stat sheet and the box score, they don't look like special runs, but some of these are special. He made, the one run he made, he made, it was, I think it was to the right side of the line. There was nothing there. He came back left, but it was the, the, the lateral cut that he made to get upfield. It was yeah. almost like a it was almost like a side step. So he's there. He he's he's definitely there. He's that de- it's like I said, it's a shame that he got hurt in the fourth quarter. And once again, me and Chuck's always say no matter how much we love a player, your best your your best uh your best abilities are availability. And yeah. with Miles, he saw these ankles, man. I don't know what it is. It's just it's just well, with these ankles, you gotta be ankles, available. The ankle's not fully healed. When he came yeah. back, it's still not fully healed. I don't think it's ever it's gonna be fully healed at Until all the, the, rest of the season. It's a matter of just making sure it's good enough for him to go that's 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 the thing and here's the thing as much as i bash this jordan howard hype we need jordan howard because we need someone who can get tough yards along with miles because i don't i don't want to overuse miles i want to keep his touches between 15 to 20 a game so that we can manage that ankle as much as possible and so i need someone behind him to be able to run the rock. And Jordan Howard is good in pass pro, and he can run up the middle very well. And I, I want that on my team. I want yeah. that on my team. I just I, I just can't stand the overhype. Like, stop crowning Jordan Howard and disrespecting Miles. It's, it's, getting, it's getting ridiculous. It's getting absolutely ridiculous. And no one is saying, I've never, ever, ever said that Miles Sanders was an elite running back. I've never ever said that. He has elite he traits, but he has, he has elite traits, but he's not an elite running back. But he's still a good running back. He's the best running back on the team. And if you don't see that, then I highly question what you're seeing. Yeah. Again, I mean, right now he's the best running back on the team. Even me, right now, I I would be hard pressed to give Miles a second contract just based on the fact that he hasn't played a full 16 games. Yeah. It is. I want to say it's easy and running backs come a dime a dozen, but if you do your due diligence, you can find suitable replacements and if production you, out of that position. If you see, here's the thing: I would be fine with moving on. Twenty-three to nothing. I know the Vikings are blowing them out. Um, I would be fine moving on from from Miles. And let me say that again because people think since I'm a big Miles fan that I want him to stay forever and I would pay him like an elite running back. No. I would be perfectly fine with moving on from Miles Sanders. Breaking news. What? Ron Harper's Jr.'s buzzer beater against number one ranked Purdue gives Rutgers their first ever win over a number one ranked team in the country. 
Scarlet Knights. Are you? Where are my any other? Are there any other RU fans? I went oh. to RU. Did you really? My daughter, my daughter's going to RU. So nice, 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 nice. Are you? Um, but anyways, yeah, I right. I'm sorry. I would be perfectly fine moving off from Miles, but you have it also depends on who are you going to get to replace it. Yeah. Because if you're I want an upgrade. So depending on when you move on, so not this draft, next draft. Depending on who comes out, if you are going to move on from Miles, you better be spending either a late first round pick or a second round pick on a running back and get someone who is who is special. Yeah. Because I want either equal, I want either a equal um what do you call it? Um equal equal talent or I want an upgrade. Okay. So yeah. you better not get rid of Miles and then your your answer to that is 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 uh Jordan Howard or Boston Scott as nah, you I don't think like, I don't I don't You think can't so. do that no, like not not maybe not Jordan Howard specifically but like that type of running back I don't I do not want Jags as my as my running backs. Like I don't want just ordinary you know um mediocre guys. I I want a great talent at running back. So if you move on from Miles, you better get an upgrade in the draft. I have no problem with doing that. Just make sure you get an upgrade. Uh anything else in regards to the game before no. we move on? I'm good. Cool, cool, cool. So that's the first half. Talked a lot about Eagles. Talked a lot about the game against the Jets. And if you if you have any other input that you want to add, please continue to add it to the chat. We thank you so much. We're going to move on to our second half. Second half, our third quarter is brought to you by Dr. Paul Vidal, Specialized Physical Therapy, LLC. They got two locations in Burlington and Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Make them yours. SpecializedPhysicalTherapy.com. All right, let's go around the league now. Let's touch about. Let's touch on some of these other games. Uh, is there anyone you want to touch on first, Pete? Uh well, listen, man. Um, Monday night we saw a masterpiece. Okay, good. That's the one I wanted to talk about. <laughs> um, That's the one I wanted to talk about. And the gap between who was more important, Brady or Belichick, is getting closed and closed by each week. I mean, dude, the throw the ball three times. I understand it was Gale Force wins, but God, I mean, the the worst submission that you can talk about defensive players, they don't want to get the ball ran on them and down their throat and there's nothing they can do about it. They know what's coming and they still can't stop it. I just and the defense is there. I feel like I'm watching the 2001 Patriots all over again. Like, this is early, early Patriots, early 2000 Patriots, where the defense is just carrying the team. And guess what? Defense travels, running game travels. And when you got, you got a quarterback that could put it, you can put it in the spot and throw it three times. But if you need Mac Jones in, in the ideal situation, you don't have to worry about ball placement. You don't have to worry about accuracy. I mean, you not really the best athlete to escape the pocket, but Tom Brady has shown you that that shit works and you can make it move around as long as you're, if you put yourself in that box and you can move around that box, you can be elusive in that box and still get the ball out. You can be successful. And the Patriots right now, man, dude, like if it runs through new England, I don't give a shit. Who's a quarterback. Like that's, that's going to be a tough place to play when it comes January to, to try to get there. If they get, if they get the first seed, 
Oh, 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 oh. oh man. Oh man. Yeah, but absolutely like that Belichick. He's 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 a jerk, but man, he's he's it's so funny. Like he, he just he doesn't care. He's like, you kidding me? It's a hurricane outside. We are running the ball all the time, and I loved it. Everyone, I had so many texts from friends that was saying like this game sucks, and I'm sitting there like, run it, run it, run it, run it, run it. <laughs> just keep running it. <laughs> keep running it, Stevenson. I Stevenson, man. Ah, you know that I was high on Stevenson yeah. to see him run. I'm glad he's getting touches. Ah, he is a beast. He is an absolute beast. And seeing him and Harris, if they are going to be running the ball that much, him and Harris are are they are such a good tandem. Yes. Such a good tandem. Uh and here's the thing about the other team, the Bills. This is why me and you are skeptical of them. Because yeah, Josh Allen is great, and they have pretty good receivers. I love Stephon Diggs. I I like Emmanuel Sanders still for what he is. Mm-hmm. But man, their O line and the running game, the running backs, they cannot run the ball. Nope. They can't run the ball. They can't. It's either Josh Allen or nothing. They can't. They, run the they've ball. been, and, but they've been getting. This is this is the thing. The Bills and the Ravens are very fucking parallel. Because their quarterbacks are in that category that we talked about. Go win me the, the quarterbacks who can win the game. In spite of everything else that's going around them that can win a game. Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson both fit that profile. And they were both very fucking close to winning the game on, on their respective games this last week. But it's just not enough. The, the thing that made the Bills so explosive last year is he was getting everybody else involved. And Brian Dable, and it just shows it only takes one season. And if you don't adjust to that, yeah, you may still win games off a short of off a pure talent, but in these games where you're playing average to above average to elite competition, you need to do something else. You need to do something else. You need to do more. I mean, Stefan Diggs, I'm pretty sure he's having a decent year. He's nowhere near having the year he had last year. You know what I mean? So, and for whatever reason, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss are decent backs, and they just don't commit to the run they're they're decent i don't think they're anything great now i think that's the this is why i said what i said before or like in the in the last mm-hmm. our last segment i do not want mediocre guys i just don't like devin singletary and moss i thought moss would be better when he is but he's not singletary and moss they're they're decent mm-hmm. but they're nothing special like I need people that that act like, oh yeah, you can get a running back anywhere. That you know, it doesn't matter. They're all the same. No, they're not. Right. They're not all the same. And you can see what a a great running back does for an offense. You can absolutely see it. So when you have Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson on one side, who are all or both very good, and then you've got. Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, who are okay on the other side. You see the difference? They're like they they don't like the Bills running backs don't have the vision, the nuance, ability at the position to be to carry an offense like that. But you look at Harrison Stevenson, they do all these little things. The the vision that they have, the way they set up blocks, playing through contact, like 
Stevenson's a, a monster. Like, he's big. Yeah. But he also has tremendous footwork. Tremendous footwork for a man his size. That's why I loved him. So getting a really good running back does matter. I don't care ben, what anyone says. Big Ben is getting killed tonight. 23. It's no, the, 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 he's like every time I look over, it, it, the Minnesota doesn't have the ball and the Steelers, it's Ben getting off the ground. It's Ben getting off the ground. That's I don't, crazy. I don't. That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. But yeah, like this, that's running backs matter. Now, I did want to ask you this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've heard someone say this on Twitter and it got me thinking. Do you believe that football games are meant to be played in outdoor weather like that? Or, be, or be, have, they have to be subject to weather like that? Or do you think football games should be played in in dome like stadiums where they don't you don't have to worry about weather. What is the ideal situation? I know it's it's never going to be all one or the other. Each city is going to have their own way of doing things. But when you have extreme weather like that that mm-hmm. plays such a huge factor on the game, does that deter from the game or is that part of the game? Where do you stand on that? Well, I, I don't think it deters from the games because we've seen bad weather games that have been exciting, that have been closer. Um, I mean, it's not flashy. It's not fancy. But, I mean, it's game is a game. If the score would have been closer, if Buffalo would have been up and then the Patriots had to drive, I mean, it is what it is. The Patriots' offense isn't flashy anyway. Um, when you get the heavy wins like that, does that take away from it? A little bit, but no, it's it's it was it's an outdoor sport. You play in any fucking weather. They play soccer in any weather. It doesn't matter if it's rain, if it's it doesn't it doesn't stop. So football shouldn't stop. You know what I mean? If you want to yeah. be, if you wanted to look pretty and whatever, go fucking watch the AFL. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I I'm with you. I believe that football is an outdoor sport. I think that um I think that the weather adds to it. I don't think yeah. it deters. I think it adds to it. I think it's fun. I mean, think about the snowball with the, with the McCoy. You know that that Detroit was a Lions, great, yeah. great, great, uh, great thing. And you know, like I think sometimes playing in the rain is fun. I've played sports in the rain. I think it's fun. Yeah. So I like the rain. You get, once you get hit, you slide across the ground. Yeah, I think it's you know. However, I do agree that. When it comes to at least the Super Bowl, it should always be in, in a dome like yes, like because you want to see. Yeah. I want to see the the best teams play on a neutral field and had the best surface to play exactly. on to show their, to showcase their talents. Yes, exactly, exactly. So I do agree that the you need to have a great a great um play it in the, play the Super Bowl in a dome or in a good weather good weather city. Um, I mean, doing it the one year in. In the Meadowlands was fine as like a one year type of thing. I didn't mind it because it's like, oh hey, like it's it's the New York market. Like you, it's the largest city in the in the U.S. Give them one Super Bowl, so it's. I thought that was okay, but it, I don't think that should ever be like a constant thing. I think that's more of like a one and done or once every like twenty years, something like that. But yeah, I I think that's for the Super Bowl. You need to have a a, a good weather city or. Or stadium. Um, what other games you want to touch on? And I mean, I know the Lions got the first win. 
Lions got their first win against the against Vikings, Vikings that are playing right now. <laughs> Vikings are mad. That's why they're blowing out the Steelers because they mad that they lost to the Lions, so they're taking it out on the Steelers. Yeah. Where's Don Don? Is Don Don here? I want to say congrats. Yeah, Don he's Don. here. He's trying to. He's managing the craziness in the chat right now. Oh, uh, okay, okay. YouTube chat is this. Congrats, Don Don. Lions yeah. got the first win, and Jared Goff played well. I was watching he that. Game. I, was, I was watching the condensed version of that game. Jared Goff played well. So Jared I mean, this on the slate for this week, week fourteen, biggest games I'm looking at. You got Buccaneers, Bills, Ravens, Browns. Rams Cardinals Monday night is going to be a good one. Then you got Cowboys Washington. Those are some of the marquee games on the slate for this week. Um, want to pick winners in those games? Let's let's do it. So, which ones did you say? So, start with Ravens Browns in Cleveland. In Cleveland, mm-hmm. I'll go with Browns. Browns. I want to go Browns. I want to go Browns. I could be wrong. That's that's a different. Yeah, I got to go Browns just for the simple fact now. Marlon Humphrey's out for the year. Yeah. As well, they've already obviously they haven't had uh Marcus Peters all year, so they're like fourth or fifth, uh, fourth or fifth corners. And I think Cleveland, decent win. Did they have their bye last week? Yes, yes, yeah. So, yeah. fresh coming out the bye, they know they need they need to win this game to keep pace and if they have any shot at making the playoffs. So, I, I like Cleveland in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's go Bills, Buccaneers, Bills, Bucks in Tampa Bay, 425. Boom, Bucks. I'm going Bucks. Easy. Easy, Bucks. Yeah, just like you said, with the Bills, what they've shown you on Monday against a tough defense, the offense right now, and then, I mean, Sean McDermott, like, listen, brother, you got played. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Just, listen, it wasn't. They didn't do anything He's special. big mad after that. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> He's big mad. Living, living, mm-hmm. rent free in your head. So I mean, yeah, Bucks yeah. there. Um, I'll throw this one at you before we get the Rams Cardinals. Uh, low key, very important game. Cincinnati and San Fran. I was looking at that game too. Both of them coming off of um, pretty bad losses. Uh, that's to me. That's such a toss up. And also, it depends if Debo is playing. I don't know if he's going to play or not. Um, I am going to go with Bengals under okay. the pretense that Debo doesn't play. Okay. If Debo plays, I think the Niners edge it out. So that's why I said. Yeah, but the Bengals are defense isn't like isn't bad. It's it's kind of average. The offense, I mean, Chase didn't have a good game. I know Joe Mixon, he missed a little bit of the game with a shoulder. He came out when he came back. Um but oh, man, that's Cause I'm like, which team is going to show up? Bengals, Bengals have been like, and even kind of 49ers to a point where the 49ers start to get the roll. Seahawks are super struggling, three and eight, and then you know what I mean. Then you you, yeah. you can't beat the Seahawks. So and George Kittle went for like 160 and two touchdowns. It was like the only offense there. So Debo is so important to that team. They need him. Every the offense revives around Debo because um, it lets them do everything else with Shanahan what he wants to do. I'm going to go with this be the week that the Bengals play like the better team and they give me consistency and they because once again they need to keep pace. They got a they got a game with Baltimore coming up in the near future on their on their home field, so you can't suffer any more losses. Can't suffer any more losses. So um, Rams Cardinals, 
in Arizona, Monday Night Football, to close out the week. Oh, that's a good one. Um, Who are you going? Who are you going? I'm going Cardinals, man. Like, I don't know how the Cardinals are doing it, but they're doing it. They're and, good. And DeAndre, back. DeAndre's back. Kyler's getting back. Zach Ertz there. James Connors. I'm, I mean, he's been – He's been he's been efficient all year. The defense is stable enough. And once again, this is what we're talking about: Sean McVay in big games. It's not happening. It's not happening. I will bet against him until he proves me wrong. So I'm he did to... make one adjustment last week. Okay. He used a lot of um. The Sony uh, Michelle had his jumbo Sean McVay, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, he did use a lot of jumbo packages with six offensive linemen okay. um, as blockers. So that seemed to be um, doing a lot for the running game. We'll see if it continues to do that. Because if they have an, a, a better run game going forward, that could help them. But we're, either way, I'm, I'm still going. I'm still going Cardinals. Okay. I'm still going Cardinals. So we save this game for last because I wanted to lead us into our fourth quarter. And our fourth quarter is brought to you by – Gleason's Bar, uh, which is located at 6700 Mill Creek Avenue, Levittown, PA. Use promo code A2D for 10% off your order whenever you dine and take out or online at Gleason's Bar and Steaks.com. Cowboys WFT in FedEx Field. Feel sorry for the road team there every time, even feel sorry <laughs> for the home team because the stadium is just, oh, it's just trash. Yeah. So listen. WFT was lucky enough to escape Vegas. Uh, is Minnesota above us if they win? Anybody know? Um, I don't think so because I think real quick the Julio Figueroa's question. I think common opponents we kind of beat the we beat the same. I think we both beat Carolina. I think we have the tiebreaker on Minnesota, but I did they lose to Carolina? I know they played Carolina early in the year. Uh, I don't remember. I think they lost. Uh, I can look what it up. Yeah. I don't um, know. But no, so Heineke tried to give the game away, and yeah, with that last year, Vegas, yeah. Vegas really couldn't get out of their own way to take advantage of the game. Dallas has to play. I mean, the fucking most talented team in the division, bro. Yeah. Like by 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 far, and they just they it's just so inconsistent to play like it. Dak hasn't been playing well for the last four or five games. I think I saw his average QB rating was like 85.4, 87.4 overall, which isn't great. And when you're basing off like a 139-point scale, um, and Zeke is just – listen, I mean, fuck. Tony Pollard's been more effective. More effective. You feel what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, so we're saying Minnesota won. They beat Carolina yeah, OT. I, I had to take a look at what the conference, the conference record is because – I think that's what it come down to if they've all beaten the same common opponents. Um, I'm just going to take a quick look at Minnesota's schedule to see who they have played this year. But in this game, WFT against Dallas, I got to go. WFT's a hotter team. But I think Dallas wins this game because I think they know, like, hey, like if we keep fucking around, we yeah. don't have just one team behind this, bitch. We can have two. And the beauty yeah. of it is how so many division games and the, and the last four games for the Eagles are all division games. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So 
And that's kind of I, I I gotta I gotta go with the better team. I'm gonna go Dallas. I can't I can't do I can't do the hotter team. I got I got want to go Dallas because listen, I needed to be Dallas. <clears throat> I needed to be Dallas. <laughs> Je- I'm, I'm, there's a part of Jalen Hurts. Trust me when I tell you this, people. And the subconscious, he wants Dallas to win because heaven forbid if if first place for the division or a game behind is on the line December nineteenth. That's all I'm saying. Yep. That's all I'm saying. But all right, you go ahead. Yeah, real quick. Don Don asked, um, if you had the number one pick, who would you take? I know it's early. Uh from what I understand, Kayvon Thibodeau is the consensus. Am I correct? Yes. And remember, guys, I don't watch too much college. So I start my draft work in January. Right. I start with running backs, and then I work my way to receivers and then safeties and corners and stuff like that. So um, I'll get there, but Kayvon Thibodeau, yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know what? Ahead. Hold on, hold on real quick. Yeah. I think we have the tiebreaker. <laughs> this is so crazy. Don Don's going to love this. We had the tiebreaker over Minnesota because guess what? What they lost to Detroit. <laughs> 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 they lost to Detroit. <laughs> they lost to Detroit. We beat Detroit. No, so consensus right now is it's varied. I was taking a look at it. You I mean the who I see across the board, Stingley, Hamilton, Thibodeau is all up there. Every once in a every once in a while, you'll see Aiden Hutchins, Aiden Hutchinson up there. Um, I've seen even some with Spencer Rattler up there. I don't know how that is. This kid hasn't played in a while. He's been hurt, and his team really hasn't missed a beat with Caleb Williams being a uh, QB at Oklahoma. Um, even got Lincoln Riley the job at USC. So, um, I mean, if I had a number one overall pick, I'm probably definitely going Thibodeau. See, what hat now, what the Eagles do, like the Eagles now, it's almost like, fuck, you going to put yourself out of the top 10 because Miami keeps winning. I don't even know what Miami's schedule is the rest of the year. But these bitches can end up with seven, eight, maybe nine wins, and that's going to put they'll, – they'll have three top 20 picks um, unless Tennessee just completely falls apart and Indy can come back and win a division. Um, I don't think a lot of teams want to see Indianapolis right now. Bobby Stevens, thank you, sir, for becoming a member. We appreciate hey, your ATD membership. You, thank you, sir. Thank I appreciate you, that. You. Philly Dilly. Uh, what's up, Todd? Uh, appreciate that. So – um yeah i mean definitely so bobby this weekend you'll get some uh money uh money uh, nate moss's uh his picks moss money picks had to pay for that whole year of that membership if you play it right and willie vegas welcome to the squad yes don don tell him become a member let's go you become a member your team's gonna win the week i think the, <laughs> i know don don is a member for a long time but he became a member detroit Lions won the first game of the year that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying you know what I mean? So, uh, but no, I mean, lead it us in by week. I think we all screaming it. Let's get healthy. All right. The guys who are hurt. Yes. The guys who are hurt. Let's healthy. bring them back. Let's get a yep. healthy. Yep. Um, game plan should be on point. You have enough time to see what Washington is doing. I don't think they're really doing anything crazy on defense. It's just they're really executing well. Um, more zone just, than they were. They're using more zone coverage. Than they were in the beginning, and they're allowing. I think the key to them with Montez Sweat being down, who I now think who was coming back from the fractured jaw, but now went on the COVID list. He now he's going to miss this week and next week, so he's going to miss both games. Wow, 
Yes, he's going to miss both games. That's huge. Art. Um, so then uh, Jamin Davis, but I think the key to Washington, the key to Washington's defense right now is I think Jack Debrio has found a way to really utilize Landon Collins. You know what yeah. I mean? And allow that that, they have a good back end. Yeah, game. with that back end, it's, it's not a lot of big names, but they're 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 very cohesive and they're and they're gelling right now. Uh, but with that being said, Taylor Heineke week to week it makes mistakes. They have just been winning these games by the skin of their teeth. And sometime at some point in time, the Rockets going to run out. The luck is going to run out. I think that's against us. Whoever it is at the QB position at whatever first or second half or for the whole game. Um, and I think we get that W coming out of week uh, week fifteen. That's just my personal opinion. Um, when we look at week fifteen, December the nineteenth, and we'll if we can't, I know like he's, like Chuck said, Spider Man No Way Home comes out next Thursday. I will not be here. I will be in the theater. But maybe we, maybe somehow we can squeeze our way into another show during. Maybe get something in during the week. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll maybe see. we'll switch it up. But I, I agree with you. I do think that you know early we'll see what happens. Who's available for us? Who's available for them? Yeah. But right now, I do think the Eagles win this. I do think I, I, I said last week that I think the Eagles do sweep Washington barely. Mm-hmm. Um, I still, I still believe that. I think the Eagles. I think the Eagles win every game except for maybe that last week because I do not know if Dallas is going to be sitting their starters or not. If they sit their starters, I think we win. If they don't, then we lose. Um, But I do think we will win against Washington, New York, and Washington. So I, um, in terms of matchups, we'll get to that next week. I'll, I'll talk about it next week or something, but yeah, that Dallas Washington is going to be huge. I do pick Dallas. I think they're just. I know they choke every year in December, but I think this is one of those games where they they're going to beat Washington. They're just way too talented, way too talented. I mean, uh, I I did see a report that Mika Parsons left practice or something like that. So I don't know his sound. Really? Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't know if it's a minor or not. His injury. Uh. So we'll see. Well, I I would I would assume he's still going to play, but I mean I don't know. I, I didn't read too much into the news report, but I did say he left practice or something with an injury. So that's that's one thing. But it's going hip to injury. Be hip injury. Okay. I mean so we'll that, could, based on this. that could affect his lateral quickness, but I mean I really want fans if you're unbiased. To go watch that condensed version of, of the Raiders and in, in, in WFT's game last week. Listen, it was ugly. I mean, the Raiders had chances. I think they won 13 or was it 16 at 13 or something. It was some low, it was a very low scoring game, and they won on, on, on the last second field goal. And then and, and then Taylor Heineke threw a pick to put the Raiders back into the game. So, I mean, it's uh, I, I, at some point in time. But that's like I heard people say the Ron Rivera coach team is the floor is always higher than most other teams. Ceiling may not be as high, but the floor is going to be higher. And it has been well, they've been well coached. It has been well coached to execute now. Hence why on a four-game win streak. I mean, they had the one their best win has been the most quality win all year. That was against Tampa Bay because they literally put a drive together at the end of the game to ice yeah. that game away. Yeah. yeah. And that was that was Heineke's best game. He'll need that this week. He will definitely need that this week. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I'll be definitely paying. I I don't know what's gonna 
I I wish I could get the nine the Niners Bengals game. I really I really would like to watch it, but I don't think I get it in over here. Um it's gonna be a fun week. I I appreciate the bye weeks mm-hmm. because yeah, I always obviously prefer watching the Eagles play, but I always appreciate that one week of getting a break, especially mm-hmm. when we win before the bye week. It's a nice like, okay, we won our last game. I can take a nice breather, just enjoy the other games for one week, and then get back at it. So I always appreciate the bye week, and I'm going to definitely enjoy these games and then come at it. But um, anything else regarding the Washington game before we get to no huddle? We will see <laughs> where the quarterback's going to be at mid- middle of the week next week. Yeah, we will. We will. That that'll also play a factor. That'll also play a factor. Should be interesting. But guys, it's our last segment, and of course, it's brought to you by Sunrise Detox Counseling Center. You know, many of us and our families, we deal with mental health and addiction issues. We're happy to support Counseling Center and Sunrise Detox and Sunrise Detox. If you need mental health therapy and or addiction detox, please call eight five six. 651-8117 and tell them that Tom sent you. All right. No huddle. What you want to talk about? I didn't watch Hawkeye yet. The latest episode. Okay, it was pretty good. I t- I told you last week, I said, when you watch it, business is about to pick up. Yeah, there's a lot of action in that one. A lot of action. This is this is kind of a balance of both. I, I can't, there's really yeah. nothing I can say. At the, the last 15 minutes is gold. With the the uh this past episode, the last fifteen yeah. minutes is cool. Last so minutes. let's just get this out of the way though. The uncle of Echo, that's Fisk, right? That's Kingpin. Mary pointed it out, and I, it got me thinking. I think it's ultimately going to end up being him. Yes. Real quick, we got a fantasy question. Julio Vargas says need to win to make fantasy playoffs. I don't have Devontae or Sanders. Scratch my head. Not happy about the Bobby, even though the team needs to get it to get healthy. Ah, well, okay. I, I thought he was asking a question like who he oh, should okay, play, okay, who yeah, he should yeah, not yeah. play. Good um, luck to you and to everyone else yeah. in the final week before the playoffs. Good luck in your fantasy leagues. Yes. Um, yeah. But no, um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, I know you do Matrix makes sure uh, the new Matrix uh, trailer two came out. So uh, we finally get I finally have an idea of what the plot is going to be. So, based on that trailer, based on that trailer, Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty obvious that it's going to be a reverse plot of what the first Matrix was. Because in the first Matrix, you had Trinity who set Neo free, right? Mm -hmm. And then locked in. This one, you're going to have Neo and his objective is to set Trinity free. I think Trinity is, she is, um, you know, plugged into the Matrix. She doesn't realize what's around her, but somehow they get their memories back. That's going to be interesting how they do that, because I, Trinity died. I don't know if, I don't know if this is this is a clone that they they grew again, or they were able to get her body and resurrect her. Right. And, you know, use whatever memories he had to, you know, plug that into the Matrix system. Um, 
It's going to be really interesting to see how they bring Neo and Trinity back. But I think it, the plot is pretty clear that Neo now has to set Trinity free. And um, I just, I, I really am interested to see because the, the character Jonathan Groff, they make it seem like now he's the main villain. He's the new agent. Right. So is he, I'm assuming he's the head agent. But like I mm. want to know the my, my biggest thing I'm wondering is what happened because the war there's supposed to be peace. So are the machines still growing people? Like there's peace between Zion and the machines. Mm -hmm. But I guess the peace did not include the machines to stop growing people. Yeah. So maybe that's what it someone is. Bro someone broke someone broke the treaty along the way. What's up? So no, I'm saying I can see what you're saying. Like someone, someone broke one side, did something. More likely not the machines, because you know that's this is what they do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, they need they still need humans to to right. to still for energy. So like, I just because it, and they they did keep at the end of the third one, they kept Neo's body. So I can I could absolutely see um, how they're able to resurrect him. It's, it's more so Trinity. Like, how did you resurrect Trinity? Like, yeah. Or is, is is she is she a copy? You never know. So Red Sand is like he doesn't. Know what, we're talking about the new Matrix movie. And yeah. No huddle talk. <laughs> no huddle talk. I mean, I mean, all right. So to keep to, to keep it, there's now the Ben Simmons trade rumors is heating up real quick. They're obviously Oklahoma City Thunder. Now they got Giddy, Shea Gilders, SGA, Shea Gilders, Alexander may be available. CJ McCollum right now is out with a collapsed lung. I think we're about four to six weeks away from Simmons finally getting traded and moving on. You think it's that close? I, I just, so, I just think it, it has to be. It, okay. it has to be. But yeah, I just, I think we're four to six weeks away. I think right after, right, probably right after the new year by February, because the trade deadline. I mean, it's league has went by. The first couple months of league went by so fast. Um, we're a quarter way into it. And I just think I just think it's time. This is I mean, you're not even hearing nothing. It's not even take it's not even taking over the airwaves anymore. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I mean, wish, I, I know there was the yeah that that trade scenario that Bleacher Report put out that you know we ATD posted about. I don't follow basketball enough to know mm. you know about you know who these players are and like how good they are. So I'm not going to give an opinion on the trade. What I will say, any trade that involves Maxi has to be substantial. Of course. I mean, like I, you have to me. You have to get a legit score back because to me, I I think Maxi has superstar potential written all over him. I think he can be one of the best scores in the game in a few years. So if I'm giving that up, I need something that caliber back. Mm -hmm. I need that special. So. I don't know if any of these proposed players are, and if they are, then sure, pull the trigger. I'm down, but yeah. that's. I'm not trying to be a homer and fall in love with with mediocre players just because they're Philly guys. I legit when I see Maxi play, I see superstar potential. So that's just how I value him. If people, I don't know, if people disagree, they don't say the same. Then I get it, but. That's me. So if I if I'm giving him up, I need something substantial like that in return. So I hope 
whatever trade does happen, if it does involve Maxi, that Maury is wise enough to get a scorer of his caliber back. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, Don Don asks us, is there any other movies y'all looking forward to besides The Matrix and Spider Man? Me, uh, Doctor Strange 2, but that's not until May, so I have I don't know what else is coming out There's between now and then. I feel like there, um, um, there are a good um, amount of movies upcoming that I was really excited about, so I'm going through mm. so The Matrix, Spider Man, uh, oh. Of course, Batman in oh. March. Just uh, come out in March. Yeah. Okay. And I think I told you guys, freaking, I already got the okay from the boss. If I have to go see it by myself in the theater without her, because so she can watch the baby, I'm going to go see it by myself. I'm watching that damn movie the day it comes out. <laughs> there's, not, there's no way I'm not. There's no way I'm not. I'm watching it when it comes out. Um. I never played this video game, but they're making that Uncharted movie. Yeah, Uncharted was it was good. Part certain certain ones were good. Better than the trailer yet? Yeah, I've seen the trailer. I don't. I'm not a fan of who's playing the main characters. Nathan, you don't you don't like Tom Holland as Nathan Drake? No, no, no. It's 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 weird. Now, like he's so. He's so tied to Spider-Man now. It's, like, all, it's seeing, hard to see him outside of that. It's anything else is just it's not the same. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear it's you. It's, it's hard. it is now tough to see him as not Spider-Man. And it's funny because I've seen him in other movies before Spider-Man, but now yeah. I can't see him as anything you else. You can't unsee him as Spider-Man. Him. Um, there's another one listed here. I I don't know about anyone else. But I've been a fan of the last few Mission Impossible movies. Mm-hmm. We've got the next one coming up, so I'm looking forward to that. I yeah. I've liked the last two, especially. Tom Cruise years next year. I mean, Mission Impossible, the uh, second Top Gun's coming out. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, that is yeah. true. Yep. Yeah, but so those are a few. But of course, yeah. the Batman is going to be coming up, and I am so excited for that. But uh, anything else, young sir? Ah, well, thank you for calling me young, sir. Well, I appreciate of course. You, that. Are, you are young. You are young. Thank you. Mike P, real quick, we'll get out of here with this question. Mike P asked if Belichick was to choose to start Minshew or Hurts. Listen, perfect to- parallel. He had Hurts last year in Cam Newton. Yeah. He had an opportunity to get a better passer. Lucas to start a quarterback now. And look at yep. the record. Minshew. It's right there in front of you. Right you. Yeah. Now, well, did the new James Bond come out already, Don Don? Yes, that came out in October, and I heard it's really good. A very good is. to Daniel Craig. It is. I watched it a few weeks ago. A very good, a very good ending to that series. Okay. Very good ending to that series. I don't want to um, spoil it. I want to watch it. I'm, I was waiting for it to come out on HBO Max or something like yeah. that. I don't know if it's there yet. It is. Uh, it is. That's the only way I was able to watch it. Okay. <laughs> so, I yeah, didn't know that, so I'll, I'll watch it. I would definitely yeah, watch it. It is very a very good ending to that series. I liked see, like I I never liked the fact that like the Pierce Brosnan James Bond movies, there mm-hmm. was no continuity from one to the next. Right. But with the um with these, there was like the first one and the second one, like, they all had one unified storyline. And so I like how the storyline carries over 
And so this one was was so good. It was really good. So definitely, definitely watch it. Um, Daniel Craig definitely I thought was a great Bond, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that I'm glad that he. There were a lot of controversy when he was when he was yeah, uh, casted because like usually Bond has like is like the smooth mm-hmm. um, smooth operator kind of guy, but he was more of like a like a gritty like yeah. um, you know gritty guy. But he he played it very very well and there there are some other characters there's one there's one character that it's it's only for one's one scene but she does a great job and there are like i saw that people are kind of like hoping she gets like a a spin-off series or something but she did a really good job um in that one scene so i have to take i'm gonna watch it i'll watch it this weekend yeah all right, General. Oh, one thing I did want to add before you okay. so, so I don't know if anyone here during the games saw the tweets from Mr. Brian Westbrook and Shady McCoy and oh. Shady McCoy, tweeting out stuff. <laughs> so so Brian Westbrook tweets uh, he tweets out like um uh he tweets out accuracy matters and then he tweets out something like um, it shouldn't be to anyone's surprise that the Eagles' offense is better with Minshew's passing, right? So that Monday, you should have seen it. He, it was so many people like going after him, and you, I, you've, <laughs> I, there are people that are like, I'm giving up my 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 Brian Westbrook jersey, my mini helmet, and I'm like quote quote tweeting these people like, I'll I'll take it, <laughs> I'll freaking take it. I'll take it. And you see why we say like I've never, I've never seen this fan base have this much blind loyalty to to without without results. It's crazy. It's crazy that like these people they they're reaching like I don't think Westbrook said anything that was outlandish. Right, and he also later in the week said your your backup QB played very well. I, mean, I don't know if that was reaction to the feedback. It was. Okay. It was. He said, "He said, just because your backup QB plays well doesn't mean that he should be the starter." So, like, he was just he yeah. was reinforcing the fact that, like, hey, all I did was compliment Hurts. I mean, compliment Minshew. I never said anything disrespectful to Hurts. So, you got, but you got so many people so like so defensive over it, yeah. and like they're reaching and they're like, "Oh, you disappoint me, Westbrook." It's just. It was hilarious, and it's just shows that's that. worse than like you tell me you disappointed in me. That cuts deeper than you cussing me out, calling <laughs> me names, because that means like you had an expectation of me yeah. that I didn't meet, and your view of me now changes. Like I'm just like I get my kids with that all the time. I'm disappointed in you. Well, you you can't like <laughs> these. You know these people watching the game. You know that they did not enjoy watching that game because every time Minshew threw a touchdown you know in the like deep down they're they're in pain because they're like no I don't want this guy to do well all these people they're they're getting so defensive so deep down you know they're not really rooting for the team they're rooting for Hurts which is thing but it's just it's really funny and what I told Tom earlier this week when it was happening I was like listen I I will criticize Miles, mm-hmm. I can be objective with him, and you know, and all that. So, I I can, 
that's one thing. But if you go after Brian Westbrook, oh, it's, it's no, it's no. There, How I have no fury that. like Chuck's Moran and going at and going I, after I you talk bad about Brian Westbrook. Back. I had my boys back all day. I was. I was tweeting people. I was I was like, I was and I was gonna stay out of it because this whole thing on social media, I was enjoying it. Like it was hilarious because I knew we all knew it was gonna happen. We all mm-hmm. knew that it was coming. So I was just gonna sit back and enjoy the back and forth. But when people started going after Brian Westbrook, I was like, Oh hell no. No, you are not. I am sticking up for him. So that that was just it was just really funny to see people and I'm waiting I'm still waiting on those two people saying they're gonna give away their Westbrook mini helmet and jersey to to, to anyone that wants it I DM them say, for hey, an update hey I'll take it DM them for an update they haven't gone back to me so <laughs> I'm still waiting anyway anyway anything else Mr Evans that is all for me sir all right sir well fam if you're listening still for some reason. <laughs> we do appreciate you as as always tuning in sticking with us listening to us rant listening to us talk uh, talk sports talk football and thank you to all of our sponsors for thank you to uh fan up to <clears throat> all campus exp realty Alan foy uh to manscaped to who else we got? We got Body Check Wellness, Dr. Paul Vidal, Gleason's Bar. Bar and Grill, um, Counseling Center and Sunrise Detox. And to all the members, A2D members, the new ATD member too. Bobby thank Stevens. you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for, for rocking with us. Next week, if me and Pete don't roll onto another show, you will at least at the very worst, I will be on next Thursday riding solo with you guys. I'll do a, a, an abbreviated show, but I will I will be with you guys next week in some capacity uh, to talk football with you. I promise. So for those who are not going to go see the Spider-Man movie, if you want to talk football with me, I'll see you here next week. But until then guys, enjoy the week off from Eagles football. Enjoy the rest of NFL football. And remember, be safe. What else? Be safe. God bless. And we will see you when we see you. Peace out, guys.